You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, why do you sound funny today? Why do, I, do you think I sound funny? Yeah, you sound like you got a cold. <laughs> there is the answer to your mystery. I've had a cold this week. And it's on its way, <clears throat> on its way out. So my nose, out of my nose. You've got the drippage. <laughs> I have my Kleenex right here available. It's not. We're just not sponsored by Kleenex. It's by not it. just coming. Out. We don't just call Kleenex Kleenex. We call every tissue Kleenex because right. you don't call them tissues. You call them Kleenex. We call them tissues in oh. a, in, a, in the UK. How, cla- how classy of you! Um, it isn't just coming out my nose. It's kind of a north and south kind of a thing. Coming out point. of your anus. Oh my god. <laughs> I was trying to be in my country. Delicate we, we just, about it. We just say anus. No, you don't. Anus, we do. Bullshit. Because you're British and you're all repressed, and you would never That's say. What I mean, we'd say. Oh, anus. right now I've got bloody diarrhea coming out of my anus. Bloody. <laughs> you really need to see a doctor if you have bloody diarrhea. <laughs> not if you're in England. That's perfectly normal. All right, so it that was is. not before the episode discussion, by the way. It, we were talking about a film called Grabbers. Uh huh. Which I have never heard of, but it is from my fine country. Well, it's Irish. It's UK. Yes. I, I know It is where quite I good. Is. I was just wanting to watch something one time, thinking maybe alien something or other. I just watched Monsters, which... I, I hear to, nothing but good things about. And I have nothing but blah to say about it. But um, then I was like, grabbers. Oh my god, it's probably totally ridiculous. Irish, Irish Island. Aliens. The citizens realize that they, an Irish island, they all realize, well, they realize at some point that they have to stay drunk all the time to keep the aliens from wanting to eat them. And it's kind of like you liken the style to Shaun of the Dead kind of thing. I've not seen it. So No. There's some slapsticky. A little bit of gore. It's a little bit slapsticky, but it's quite good. So, grabbers. And it's on Netflix. It is. All right. So and Probably many other things. So that was our before the after the show discussion. So well, let's get before the after the show movie review. Let's get on to the uh, it's after the show. It's and number medical th- diagnosis. Bloody day. <laughs> it's episode three hundred and nineteen, and this is Saturday, March the twenty second. We're looking at the movie Frozen this week. It's a two thousand and thirteen movie. Came out on Blu Ray this Tuesday, just gone, so you can pick it up now. It's rated PG or G. Actually, it's rated G. And. It's from our friends at Disney. And Sid you're going to give us the synopsis of Frozen, which actually won two Academy Awards this year. So it's in our Academy Awards featured movies. Hold on. I had the yawn there. Not that you're boring me or anything. I'm just checking that it's a G rated. No, it's actually PG. Really? Because yeah. it's, it's got a little sadness For in some there. action and mild, rude humor. Uh, maybe a little. But not really. They're being a little overly. Not really, no. Yeah. Synopsis. Synopsis is. It's animated. And we're in a world. <laughs> I don't know how to synopsisize this one. Um, a couple of sisters. Big sister's gonna be queen. Little sister's just accuse a bug. And the bigger sister has. I don't wanna. Well, we're gonna have to say what it is. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this, because I had no idea what was going on, what was gonna go on in this movie at all. Obviously, there was gonna be some magic at some point, but it was just right off the bat. This girl was born with the magical 
spell, um, uh, this magical power of like freezing stuff, like with da 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 da. Frozen. Yes, making everything frozen, and her parents, the king and the queen, try to protect everybody, so they lock them all away in the castle for the whole of the girl's youth. And at some point, she has to become queen. You can imagine that. When the, ci- when the citizenry find out that she seems a bit wicked, which she's not, but then um, adventure, sisterly love, real true love. Based on the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Snow Queen, was it? which, which um, I did have read to me when I was a kid. You know, hmm. you, I don't know if you did. Mm-mm. So I knew the story, but obviously, let's move on to this, the movie itself. Obviously, in the Disney style... They added the Disneyness to the story. Um, Frozen, yeah, won Academy Award this year. Uh, I, it's from the people that did Wreck It Ralph and Tangled, which are both excellent. Um, and this one is excellent also, mm-hmm. I think. Really excellent. Um, different than Tangled, actually. Not much. To me, not no, much. No, I mean, it isn't different from Tangled at all, actually. It's, um, there's two, two things here. One, it's almost identical to Tangled, as in there's a Anson Prince, a sidekick. That is like a, a formula now for these Disney movies. That's not just now, though, is it? But That's what's forever. different is this one's obviously a musical. I mean, mm. it's, it's a musical. They sing words. Not all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't feel like a musical to me, so I think that's a funny thing. I to... could see it on a stage, definitely, as a musical. Yeah, but watching it, the songs don't make me think of it as a musical at all. But that's what differentiated it from Tangled, which has some a song, but nobody sings. It's it's um, songs over Tangled the top of them. Really do- good. Yeah, too. it's songs over them doing action. They play a song, whereas in this, the main characters actually sing. So if you like musicals, now well, only- if you don't and you don't care, you it might not even phase you that they sing occasionally. It's not like every other scene or anything. Now. One of the things, I really liked this, I thought it was really good, but one of the things I thought was different about this and Tangled was this one seemed Tangled, even though it's like a, you know, a fairy tale with a princess and everything. It seemed a bit more gender agnostic, if you get what I'm saying. Like, like boys and girls, I think, would dig Tangled because it kind of had both. But I feel this one's really aimed at girls. And I'm not a girl, <laughs> but it feels more of a girl film. Why? I don't know. It just had so that every whole... movie that has a boy hero is a boy movie, and every movie that no, not ever... every, because The Hunger Games, which we just watched, has a female hero, and it's not. I don't think it's just for girls, but this one feels more like a girl's story to me. Um, What's different between this and Katniss's story? Well, a lot, right? There's no, no, no murdering children in this who one. who has... I know, but I mean, the the essence is a girl has the power or the ability to save everything. And it's everybody. just a bit more adult-orientated, even though it's not an adult movie either. But this one, um, I feel little girls will lap this up. Like, it, it's obviously, you know, from the, the songs... I, I could imagine if you had a... Um, small girl being in your house. <laughs> of any species. Child. Of Child. any kind. 
you would get absolutely sick to death of this movie because this movie would just be replayed. Re- I want to hear the song I'm not again. Sure, how you're distinguishing this from any other movie? With I just don't get it. I'm just. I'm just. I know what is, you're saying, but saying, I find it. Very... I want to hear that song again. I want to hear that song again, and then I play that song, play that song, play that. Song. It'd be one of those movies that would get in heavy rotation I in your house. I don't know if it's just going to be girls, though. I, I really mistaken. do think it would be girls. Why? Because they sit there and go, "I want to watch girls." I do think boys would sit there that. and say, "I don't want to watch girls." Yes. Right. So then, why do you watch Hunger Games? Well, I'm not. A, I'm not a child. I'm. I'm talking about <laughs> children. Children are very. Picky what they see. No, they're only they only taught. I don't mean think. like children who are like one years old. I mean like, I know, but they're like taught a ten year old to think that a little boy who had no clue that it made any difference. And they are, I, think it's that. not a, it's not a discussion about the politics of that. I'm saying well, it is because you brought it up, and I just totally disagree. Right, you disagree, obviously, but what I'm saying is clearly that um, I think it's aimed at girls. I actually think it's aimed at girls. I think it's. But my question is, why is it, just because you have a girl hero and a girl leading characters, is that directed at girls? That means every other story that has men at the helm or boys at the helm is just for boys or or, or pointed at boys. And that doesn't make sense because we know that isn't true. Obviously, so, I understand all these things, what you're saying. But I, I, so you're tagging it with this, though, which makes it like, well... My point is, Tangled is more gender agnostic. Agnostic, this. I'm not sure I know what that means. Right, it means that... Well, you know what it gender means. Ne- no, I don't. It means that... The, I it means what that agnostic two, means. It means that... Gender neutral. Neutral, yeah. It doesn't... It doesn't ha- It doesn't feel... Even though it's a fairy tale, it doesn't feel like it's made for girls. This one actually feels like it's made for girls. That's my point. So point. I disagree. Um, okay. And I'm a so, girl. So that's how I feel about this. And I also feel it's also aimed at people who like musicals. Because it is very musically, I feel I feel the musicaling. Uh, not just because these songs, it feels musical. Wow, because I don't feel that at all. I am surprised because yeah, I and the I'm scenes not where I was watching, I was like, "Oh my god, please don't sing those lines." Because wow. you will, because you don't always sing those lines in this movie, and then occasionally she'll just start singing lines. I don't, I don't like that particularly. I never do. I didn't even hardly know. I couldn't tell you now moments when there was singing. Thinking back on it, honestly, it, it was a good. Um, I like it. I said, like I said, I like it. I'm not picking it apart, but these are my observations of this movie. Um, but there were times where they started singing dialogue, which wasn't part of a song, um, and that kind of makes me think of musical immediately. And obviously, this is a musical, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess but there are, but there is a great stretch in the middle of the movie, like for about twenty minutes, where it's not. It's just like another animated movie. But then there's quite a bit of singing at the front and the back of it. So um, I don't remember at the back of it. Yeah, there's a song towards the end. There's there's quite a lot of singing at the beginning, actually. Yeah. Actually, the first 10, 15 minutes, you might, oh my god, it's all singing. Like they they go in song to song to song, but then. Once the adventure starts taking place, they drop the songs for a while. But um, I'm not a great fan of singing dialogue, but I do like a song in a movie. So that was my observation of that. And you didn't notice any song? Uh, of course. I mean, I you noticed the song. song. You didn't yeah. notice them singing dialogue. Yes, I did. Of course, I knew what they were singing words that forwarding the story, but it didn't phase me at all because it was seamless to me. Having the 
dialogue, having a conversation, or she's waiting at the door, and then she's singing about how it feels to be waiting. I wonder at the door why they years. didn't just go the whole hog with the singing, like everything. Why? Why would they? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Unfortunately, there's no making of uh, to reference or a commentary, but I'm wondering why you can't really finesse a story. I don't think successfully with every word being sung. Well, you just can't because some some things will. And I just don't think that that finesses the little idiosyncrasies of a conversation and all that kind of stuff because just never seen it work for me because I don't like musicals necessarily. I know, and that's why I was thinking you might not like no because I didn't that... even. Did you like the songs? Yeah, I mean, do I even remember? I remember the song she was singing when she was growing up. Like, Waiting Outside the Door, which was an awesome song. I do remember her singing the, um, you know, when she, just the Ice Queen girl, who when she figured, when she gets to the top of the mountain. That's the Oscar-nominated song, Let It and Go. And that one, um, that one fits completely. So, because she's alone, and we need to hear how she's feeling, the fact that she's singing it is fine with me. She doesn't have to have another character there to bounce all of her thoughts off of. She can sing it, and she's telling us, I'm I'm letting it go. I'm just going to be who I am. That totally fit for me. So, other than that, though... I think that's the best song in the movie, to be honest. Um, I also like the song about... The song that the rock little rock dudes sing. <laughs> that called? one was... Uh, that one, I guess now that I remember... Because I, I just didn't care about it. So, I was like... I thought that one was pretty fun. But that one was really boring. Because they weren't telling you anything. No, but I liked the vibe of the song. That was just a musical number. Yeah, totally. Whereas all the other ones are actually telling you something. That's yeah. why they're seamless to me. Now, moving on to animation on this. Disney... Um, this is from Disney Studios, not from Pixar. Pixar but uh, I think they're really, like, giving Pixar... They're equally as good now. Pixar and the Disney Studios the, in the way it looks. Mm. And this movie, the big technical challenge would have been snow. Oh, it looked amazing. And we have technical challenges. Hair was one, you know, along the way. And this one, obviously, there's a lot of snow and ice. And it really looks like real snow. Oh my is. god, it looked amazing. I was just like, have they taken somehow put real snow in? And it was amazing looking. Yeah. I was fixated on it for a while when they were falling in the snow and going up the mountain and it's like when you go outside and you're shoveling snow and it's kind of fluffy and you throw the shovel and the, I mean, you throw the snow and it kind of clumps and fluffs out. They did that exact, I mean, it was like so convincing. I loved it. It's, um, the animation though is really, it's, it'll be, if you didn't tell me now with Disney, like this is, this is Pixar, if you didn't put the credits up at the beginning to show who did it, I would have a hard time saying who did what. I know that the Disney Studios it's a bit more of a cutesy, mm-hmm. the way they do people. See, I think it's way different than Pixar. Way different. Just the technical way it is. I don't mean the art design. I mean how good it is. Because we even saw at the beginning of this, there was a trailer for the new Tinkerbell movie, which is actually a straight-to-DVD release. Straight-to-Blu-ray release. And that looked... I was I was looking at it going, wow, like straight-to-Blu-ray or straight-to-DVD or straight-to-VHS releases back in my day. They were like a pale imitation of the real movies that you were like, it was like Peter Pan 2 and then it was kind of garbagey and you were, you, I would always watch it as a kid and go, oh, I really like the other one better, like Lion King 2 and things like that. But now it seems that this... I thought Lion King 2 and a half was fine. Lion, yeah, but it's all, there's always, a, there was always a distinction back in the past that this is the straight-to-video one. You can just tell, like, it's not as good, the voice acting's not as good, the whole thing is kind of... 
different. It's hard to put your finger on why it's different. It just feels different. Now when you look at these Disney Animation Studio ones that they're doing, even the ones that are straight to video, like uh, planes that they're doing, with, that's even, they take Pixar's thing, cars, and then make a planes version. When you see the trailer for it, that didn't go to the theaters. No, straight to video. Because we saw it in, we saw an ad in the theater once. We did, but maybe they did a spin-off from it or something. There was one that was a straight to video one that I didn't bother with, but I remember thinking, you know, there's, they've reached the point where the straight to video ones are exactly the same as the movies. The voice acting can be just as good now. I wonder why in the past it couldn't be. I don't think I was as picky as you, maybe, because I don't remember any of that. Oh, I totally remember straight-to-video di- cartoons. It could have been anything. Like I didn't, watch, I didn't watch videos when I was a kid. I just watched TV. Right, well, VHS tapes where it was just a... Say you love Scooby-Doo, and there was a straight-to-video Scooby-Doo thing, and you picked it up because you love Scooby-Doo, and then you put it on, and it was just not like it. Maybe you're comparing that to Scooby-Doo movies, which would be different than the Scooby-Doo TV show, which is lower quality than the movies. I don't think I ever saw any movies. It was when I was a kid. Like I don't think there were Scooby-Doo movies. It was just on TV. So there was like a thing on VHS that was more Scooby-Doo adventure, but it wasn't episodes of TV. It was made for video. Mm. And it just wasn't as good. It weren't the same voice actors. It just didn't feel... Wow, that must be a British thing, because I've never heard of them. Yeah, and there's there's been tons of that over time. Walt Disney, in fact, did straight, do a lot of straight to video things where obviously it was not good enough for the theatre, so it went straight to video. Even movies and stuff, you know. Um, but this now, like uh, my po- whole point was, it's hard to tell the difference now. Everything looks good and sounds good, and why not have better voice actors? Because uh, they're cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the point. So, um, yeah, Frozen's really good. I, I like it. I like, I like the songs. Um, it's not my favorite Disney, um, animation. Lady and the Tramp is still my favorite. Um, and, you know, at the beginning here, it shows you, like, some trailers for Sleeping Beauty. Is It's coming out on Diamond Edition Blu-ray soon. And I'm fascinated by 2D animation, I feel, more than 3D. I keep looking at it and going, why can't we do that again? Why don't we do that again? Some people do. I've not seen it for a long time. When when did we see it last? I don't know, but I'm sure somebody does. Everybody does this. A lot of those, no, a lot of those shorts, or the shorter... Right, shorts, but I'm talking about like... Right, but I'm saying people still do hand-drawn animation. I would like Disney to do it again, just, even if it's just once. Even if, even if they can't... Perhaps it's not viable anymore. There's no there's, people don't watch it. People think no, we want the 3D stuff. But they're so good at doing it. And if you go, if you go back and look at things from the 30s that they've done and they've been restored, it just looks amazing. Plus, just imagine the time and the money. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. You it, just want the style. The you style. Don't the so it could be computer drawn. Right. So that would make it quicker to make, right? Because yeah, you can duplicate frames and everything. And if it's not 3D at all. Right. I just wish they would do that once, you know. Oh, the princess frog. Or, yeah, the frog princess or the princess and the frog. That was flat. and that was It was both, ago. though. It was like Beauty and the Beast where occasionally it would go sideways. But it was hand-drawn, so I'm saying. Right, I mean, it was like the 2D animation. Yeah, and that one didn't actually do very well for them. So maybe that's why they chose to go 3D. So moving on to the cast here. I didn't... This, there are, there's a big cast, but... Mm-hmm. 
not a lot of people you would know to talk about. So um, Anna is played by Kristen Bell, who's Veronica Mars, right? I still don't know who Veronica Mars <laughs> is. Oh, you didn't do Olaf. You got, I got to look him up. Olaf, Olaf. is right there too. Yeah, I didn't mean Olaf. Um, so what did you think of Kristen Bell's performance? She's good. She's very actorly. I still don't know what Veronica Mars is. <laughs> Does she go to Mars? Is she a space woman? I have no idea what it is. I have no... It's, it's, <laughs> it's really weird because I don't know what that show is. I know it's a show. And then there was a big Kickstarter thing and they made a movie of it that came out recently. And I keep saying to myself, I will find out what Veronica Mars is. And still, I've never found out what it is. I don't know. I don't know if she's a space woman or a spy or a, you know. I, I Jonathan Groff did the voice of Kristoff, and I thought it was really good, except he's really annoying because he was in that extra. The person himself seemed really annoying, but he did a good job with the voice. And Josh Gad plays Olaf, and Idrina Menzel plays Elsa. Um, that's the, that's the, um, Lady's name that um, John Travolta messed up. Was it? Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> an easy one. Did I just get it messed up? I don't know. Idina. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the songs in the movie are sung by. Do you know? She's a teenage private eye. Right. She's no way a teenager. No, it started when she was a teenager. It's been going on for like twelve or fifteen She's years. Like a, how old is she? Like, well. Yeah, I know. She's 30 now. She oh, has it been on 15 years? It started a long time ago. All right. Okay. I, I was thinking it was something new, like re- recent, and then they made a movie of it. All right. So um, on back on topic. The songs, do you know who sung them? Because I'm not 100% sure. I know there's a music videos, extras on the Blu-ray, and there's the song sung by four different people. So who sings it in the movie? Uh-huh. I'm not absolutely, I'm not sure. I mean, it's sung by four different people in the... Which the song? The main song, Let It Go. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm... I don't know. Whoever, whoever did it Adrina is the person who Manzella. sang it on the Academy Awards would be the person who sang it. Um, so, yeah, that's it for cast. Uh, this is directed by uh, Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, who... Uh, have you heard of them? I've seen her before. Yeah, well... I think an extra's on something else. Well, Chris Buck actually directed Tarzan, which is a 2D um, Disney animation. And he also directed Surf's Up, which is fantastic Surf's Up. It's one of my favorite animations of all of them in the 3D. And it's why Surf's Up is so special and amazing is it's not like anything else. They do it like this documentary about yeah. surfing. That's fun. With penguins. But it, the way it's done is like a documentary. And it's, there's a heartwarming story in there, but the actual style of the film is like, it's really cool. It's really cool the way they did it. Um, and the, it, this is directed by two people, Jennifer and Chris. And Jennifer, um, was responsible for some of the writing for Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I don't know how to judge directors in animated films. It's difficult. Why? Because they're, they're animated just... films, like, yeah, I, I know. I, I look at the camera angles and stuff when I'm watching it. But it's not know. all a director does, though. They get the performance out. Of I, yeah, the I know. I, I know what it is. But I know you know what it is. But I'm saying, how is it different? Um, yeah, because cinematographer is responsible for um, how it looks. But in an animated movie, and there is a cinematographer, but it's also rendered by you know seventeen, eighteen different people. 
It's hard to say who did what and what did, you know? Right, but the decision, when they bring him the scene of her building her ice castle, what's going to be on the screen is up to the director. So you get, that's where you get them. They will say what they don't like to, it's not. So I never know how to judge director, is what I'm saying, because animated movies like this, if you put this and Tangle together and said who directed that and who directed that, I would have no idea. There's no distinct style to me. In fact, there's no style in, like, Pixar's movies. Um, apart from an overall Pixar style, like, they have a certain look to people and stuff, but I don't know if John Lasseter did that one or, you know? I, it's hard to know. And, I mean, it's easy to tell a Martin Scorsese movie. But does that, I think it's an unfair comparison because there's many movies you could never tell who directed them as well. Yeah, there are. So I don't know, I don't think the difference is... In animated movies, I find it particularly hard, though. Like, I, I don't know who directed it. I don't feel, I don't feel a director's. I think we've discovered, though, in Disney, directors are plugged in. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're always a cookie cutter director because Disney overrides, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that woman and him might decide, oh, we love the way she did that song, and that's how we're going to have it in the movie. But ultimately, it all has to fit the Disney cookie cutter. Whereas, if I'm an animator and I'm making a movie over here on the side, I'm going to start Pixar. Then I get to, it's going to look like, I don't know, I think some of the Pixar movies have its own, their own little, you yeah, know. They're quite different from each other, Pixar movies. It's very... Attitude and Yeah, they kind of just... Sentiment. I think they do the, um, oh yeah, we're not doing what we did last time. We're going like, to do something different. Uh, Pixar did do some announcements this week, just off topic a little bit. There are, the next two movies are um, another Cars movie, Cars 3 or some Cars, and The Incredibles 2. <laughs> and I said to you, that's awesome because I like The Incredibles and would like to see more, but I would also like just to see them do something new. Like Brave, I think, was really amazing. And I really like Brave a lot, and it was like, oh, here's something brand new we've never done. I prefer it when they do that. Because Cars 2, it was fun, but I don't feel like I need Cars 3. You I would rather you see, an, see it. I mean, I'd rather see an original, them spend two or three years on something original again. I know Cars was original, but when you start going into sequels because it was popular, they're so creative. I think they could just come up with new things. I think all the every, time. every creative individual or creative group or creative company hits a peak. Where, I mean, Disney might be the long-term exception, but most people, it's like, boom, right out of the gate, Pixar does these amazing things. Wow, every year you're getting something completely different. Academy Award nominees and cool songs, and they're breaking, um, they're cracking new technology and everything. And then what happens? They get to be millionaires. They get to be really, really, really institutionalized in their own little corporation. Because they've got, they're settled now. They're not like the hip new kids on the block. They've set their model for themselves. And then all of a sudden, what do you do? You can't probably really top that beginning part. So you start to coast. And you say, well, how much time and energy do we need to put into this project? Well, if we have a year, we've got all the cars already 3D. That's, everything's that's in there. That's what I think. Yeah, so I think... It's kind of... You can coast on a franchise, but I mean, you've got to... And I don't think they got the feedback they wanted from Brave, 
So no, then the thing is, do as well, I don't think. why? I mean, and we don't know what's cooking behind the scenes. There could be a team of people making up something brand new. And in three years, they say, we've been working on this for 10 years. I mean, they've, we don't know. They've but. got a dinosaur movie in the pipeline. Something to do with dinosaurs, like a Pixar they dinosaur movie. They have to pay movie. for all of that luxurious corporate atmosphere that they have. Yeah. Because, let's face it, they have a very cushy, kind of a hip, cool place. We've seen it many times. Those segues don't buy themselves. And not just the segues, but like free <laughs> cafeterias with like chefs and... The whole place is it's like, like Google, some, like that kind of atmosphere. And so, if you make Cars two and Cars three and Cars two and a half and planes and planes two, and you're selling it around the world as kind of a money cow, that funds you, doesn't it? Whereas in the beginning, all you're trying to do is get attention for your amazing new. You know what? Too, I bet after you've been at Pixar for a couple of years, a lot of those people might have gotten handpicked by other places. So you might not have the same team you had in the beginning. True. So the Blu-ray comes with, a, we got the collector's edition Blu-ray. It comes with the Blu-ray, the DVD, and a digital copy. I'm really excited to see that Disney, finally, your digital copy can be redeemed elsewhere other than iTunes. It used to be just iTunes, and I don't have Apple or iTunes, so I don't yeah. bother with them. Now you can do them on Vudu in the ultraviolet format. So if you're not an Apple person, now you can redeem the actual Disney digital copies. What if you're um, not a Vudu person? It's not just Voodoo either. They do it on a bunch. There's like, there's a big list of ones. But you if can you get on. a free digital copy, shouldn't it just be there? And you shouldn't have to go online to get it. Well, that's the idea. It's to stream it, right? I thought digital copies in the past were you get it on the disc and you put it on your laptop. It used to be that, but that died. So now you get it. But if you don't join any of that stuff, you actually don't get the value for what you paid for. True. Now, Disney have, Disney actually have their own digital copy place now where you can go to uh, Disney's site and redeem it on Disney's site. And then in your Disney account, they just show up to watch. So if your kids are entrenched in the Disney website or whatever, all the movies will show up there too. So there's loads of ways of doing but it. That's kind of like saying, hey, this package of Oreos has 20 extra cookies. But the thing is, when you get it home, they're not actually in the package. We want you to drive over here and go into this other little side store and show them your package and give them this code and they'll give you your 20 cookies that you've already paid for. I'm just, I'm just for like, I like physical copies better. But since they started putting a digital copy in and then half the time it's like, oh, it's iTunes. It's pointless to me, like completely pointless. I don't, I can't redeem it on i. I could, I could open an iTunes account, redeem it, and then watch it on my computer. But I don't want to, and it's like, and it's like, oh, they want you to do that, right? That's so, what I'm saying, though. So you're one of the people, right, who doesn't have anything like that. No, I mean, they're going to be. I know, but because you didn't have iTunes, right, and you didn't want to mess with it, then you didn't get the value for your money. If you bought that DVD and it said digital copy, then you're like. I'm not going to iTunes to get it. Well, there are people who don't participate in any of those, so they're and not And they just watch it. the Blu-ray and DVD that comes, right? Right, but it's advertising it as a part of the package? True. Um, I'm just happy that you can redeem it elsewhere, because I do have a collection of movies in Vudu. I use Vudu, which is ultraviolet service, and um, I can at least now have it in there. Um, so there's extras on this Blu-ray. And it's unfortunate because this is the collector's edition and it even says collector's <laughs> edition on the front. It claims. So this okay. is the ultimate. There is no better edition than this one. And the extras are so thin, they're barely even there. Like, 
So, first off, there's the making of Frozen. And on the back of this box, it says, The making of Frozen. Learn the secret of how the movie was made in this musical extravaganza. Now, it's a little bit of misadvertising and there, because if I'm a huge fan of this movie and I read that, and I was talking to you earlier about, say I'm a kid, the making of Frozen, Mummy, I want to see how they made Frozen. It's a... <coughs> they pull the rug out from underneath your feet, don't they, basically? I'm not sure if you know children very well. There's not going to be a lot of small children who care about that. Right, but I still think it's a little bit... It's a it's a joke. Yeah, I just thought it really snotty. What it is, is there's a, there's a musical number featuring the stars of the show, of Frozen, the human real-life people, not the animated ones. That would have been better. They're dancing around the Disney uh, Disney Animation Studios offices. It's a musical number. It seems like an, something off Glee or something, right? Totally. They're dancing around. They're saying, this is how we made Frozen. Or they're singing that, something to that. It's just over and over. This is how we made it. No, you want to know how we make it. You want to know how we make it. You want to know how we make it. And then the very end scene, they all sit down in the theatre and they say... You're spoiling it for everybody, but it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. They all sit down (laughs) in the theatre. In fact, it might be good for you to know this if you were thinking about wanting to know how this was made. And then they say, we don't know how we made it. The end. So there is no making of Frozen. Now, if they had animated that... Yeah, it and might you had, have been funny. Because those people, those characters, won't know how the movie got made. Right, so... So that would make so more sense. So they say, we don't... They sing, we don't know how we made it, and then it fades off, goes to black, and I thought, oh, that's funny, now we're going to see how it was made. If that, if it did do that, that would be fine. But it doesn't do that. You that's literally... It. That's it. They don't know how we made it, and you don't see how it was made. So, I think that is... I thought it was really snotty. Yeah, I don't actually... It's like making fun of people I understand who want to see the extra. I understand. Oh, yeah, it's like a funny SNL skit or something. Exactly. They're, they're taking the piss. But then don't... Obviously, you made a documentary or something. They must have done something to say how they made And you're claiming it's an extra, which some people see as value added. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's something I don't think I'd expect from Disney. I know it, it seems way smart-assy for them. Because, you know, they're a family company. Then again, we find out afterwards that there was lots of problems with the production and maybe a lot of the people who would normally be speaking about it, it just was too much of a jumble. It's a, it's a very weird, almost controversial, in my opinion, from Disney to do something like that. If it had a fade to black and then you got a full feature making of thing, I would have thought that was just an amusing little funny thing. But it really is just that. It's, hey, do you want to know how we made it? We don't know. The end. Because if you didn't want to know how they made it, you wouldn't have watched that in the first place. No. If you and I only, know, I only pressed the button because it said the making of Frozen. Yep. So they tricked me. You know, they, they're just tricking you. Like, it's a, I, if it was on SNL, it would be funny. Here, it seems almost um, rude. <laughs> I know, I said that. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, so, okay, so you don't get to know how Frozen is made. That's the joke. And you literally do not get to know how it's made. But then there is a um, extra called Defrosted, Disney's Journey from Hans Christian Andersen to Frozen. And it's a little retrospective on Walt Disney and how that story means something to him. And then they wanted to make it into a ride at Disney World. And then it eventually ended up as this movie. And it's like, what, 70 years in the mm. in the boiling pot until it actually finally came out. It's a, it's a pretty interesting documentary. 
But I feel like we've seen every clip of Walt Disney ever <laughs> possible, so I feel like we're just seeing them over and over again. There's photos. Photos, <laughs> all the ones where he's just sat in a room talking to some men. Yeah. I feel like we've seen every single thing we have to do with Walt Disney. Do you um, think Walt Disney's intent was to be evil? No, I don't. And contort children's view of the world? Um, personally, no, I think... I had some churchy person say that I think recently. he had really good intentions, oh but I also think he was like a super mogul businessman who was, you know, yep. it's about money. Still the same to this day, isn't it? It's run um, by his children. Yeah. So there's that um, extra. And that was quite good, but it's pretty brief. It's like seven minutes or something. There are some deleted scenes, four of them. They're storyboard deleted scenes, but they're introduced by the two directors. I actually quite like them, and I was watching them in a way of, wow, these uh, storyboards, I said to you, would actually make a good movie. I'd like to see a movie made in the style of storyboards, like unfinished, rough-looking movie. Um, because I was watching it and looking at like how they simply drew expressions on people's faces, yep. and when you put like a voice to it, you you don't need anything more. It's exactly. almost like so. There are some deleted scenes, and then there are four music videos of "Let It Go." So if you give this to your kids and they love "Let It Go," you're gonna hear it <laughs> over and over and over. And the four different versions are Demi Lovato, Martina. There's one in one in Spanish, one in Italian. There you go. By two different singers again, and then the best the best extra on this Blu-ray and the one I would say redeemed it a little bit, is the animated short called Get a Horse. And it's a new Mickey Mouse animated short. But it's got like a little hook to it. I don't want to say what it is because it was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, like the the audio is really good. They do some trickery with the audio. Um, I don't think it's trickery. (laughs) Well, it's kind of trickery because it it goes back and forwards, the audio. And you'll understand when you see it why it does. But there's different audio at the front than there is at the back. It's it's very, it's it's really cool. Um, and I said to you after we'd watched it, why don't they mess with Mickey some more? Why don't we see Mickey stuff? We just don't like. They don't seem to revisit Mickey much. I think it's because he's so beloved, or because uh, imagine make a whole new story, make it like this kind of look with the 3D animation. Yeah, why is, why and are there, why imagine is all of the marketing, all the Mickey Mouse collectors in the world couldn't have a whole new set of stuff. Not that I advocate that, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I'm just, <laughs> it's tricky though. I'm surprised at this point in time he's Because if you do it and it's not popular, then you sort of tainted Mickey a little bit. Yeah. But this was a good step in the right direction. It was really fun. It's short, you know, like the one you get in front of a Pixar movie. But it's not a new Mickey. No. We have to emphasize. Well. <laughs> it's Steamboat Willie Mickey. Yeah. And very, very technically clever and yeah. funny as well. It's got that old school. Yeah, not really funny. 1930s kind of Definitely. slapstickiness. But yeah, it's fun. So um, that's it for the extras on the Blu-ray. The actual movie looks amazing. I've got to say that. And sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like all Disney, you know, animated movies do, it is amazing. I'm just really disappointed with that extra thing. <laughs> and that kind of musical number kind of... That's the worst kind of musical number. That's why the movie I like, because there's none of that going on. But hardly. being dickheadish like that, mu- like that musical number is. Like, we're so funny. We're clever. No, we're funny. Like, we're yeah. hilarious. That's what I mean. We're so clever to This is this. funnier than you, than you actually getting to see how this was made. 
This is this is really what you. It's need almost to. like saying, "Why do you? Why would anyone want to care?" But I don't know what their motivation. I'm just surprised. It it was quite surprising to me. I, if it was some kind of like goofball comedy, like uh, knocked up or something, and there was a weird thing like that, I would understand that. But this, I think, kids would want to see how it was made. They would want to see behind the scenes. I think you're wrong. Because no, not I, a lot of children care about behind the scenes. Now, when you're talking about... I don't know. You'd have... Disney put a lot of extras on their Blu-rays, and they primarily kids watch the I Disney bet a Blu-ray. kid wouldn't sit and watch the extras instead of watching the movie. No, but I think they would watch them as well. As, I, don't know. I think kids lap up everything. If they love something, they want to see all of it. I think they would rather see how this was drawn or how this was animated than... I don't know, though. I don't know. I, don't, I disagree. That musical number that sounded like Glee. <laughs> and Kristen Bell dancing around. You know, it's... It's snotty. Yeah, I it's... think. Yeah, And it's... I hated those two guys. It's very weird. I like the voices in the movie, but I hated watching them. So, thank you, Disney. I Someone did... should animate their whole life for them. <laughs> movie was... I did really like the movie. I recommend it. Oh, I if you, loved if it. If you've got kids as well, it's... Of... they're the masters of... I'll tell you what. I laughed. I giggled. I gasped. I cried. I was like, oh, and technically, oh, yeah, which and I'm often everything. looking at with these kind of movies. Oh, how have we progressed in these kind of movies? Every single one always does something where I'm like, wow, they really things are looking better. Or you know, there's always a leap in in technology with these kind of movies, and you can see it right there. It's snow. It might have been hair entangled. It's snow in this one, and ice. Even at the very beginning part where there's that song with the yeah yeah dudes pulling the ice and the out water, of the water and everything yeah. it looked amazing. So um, that's Frozen. You can get it right now. So contest. You can go to aschoolie.com. You can win some Blu-rays. There is a new contest going on. Go and have a look. aschoolie.com. Click on the word contest. Next week's Blu-ray review is something very different from Disney's Frozen, but another Oscar-nominated movie from this year, The Wolf of Wall Street. So we'll be looking at that next week. So movie recommendations. What are yours this week? Mine first. Why am I first? I'm throwing you a curveball. <laughs> you are. Uh, I was trying to think of Disney animation that you're looking for, but it's not 100% flat necessarily. But Lilo and Stitch, the movies and the TV show, I think are really good. And there are times when I just go on Netflix and watch some Lilo and Stitch and I have no reason to, except it's really cute and it's always sweet and it's funny. There's lots of little funny things in there. It's children orientated but it's one of my favorites and uh the other one is i know i'm only saying this one because i think i need to watch it again because i wasn't overwhelmed by it i felt it was a bit empty which is brave because it looked really good i know you did but that doesn't mean it's great it means you liked it and when i think back on the story it's really I don't know what it is. It seemed really shallow or something. So I'd have to see it again. But it looked amazing and it had a different kind of heroine, different kind of story. A little bit different. Not 100% different because we've all got some kind of trauma to the parents and the child has to overcome. And there's always obstacles and there's bad guys. and Yeah, there's a formula. Yeah. But that's the formula of fairy tales. That's the formula of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, in Frozen, actually... At the beginning, they did kind of... Do you know when I said Up by Pixar? It has like a pretty... Yep. The opening's yep. kind of 
This kind of did a little bit of that. Mm, not even. It's not even. No, close. it's not as emotional. <laughs> but it's still like I was still like, oh, wow. right. I guess one of the times when I shed a tear. So um, my recommendations for this week are Tangled, which I think is like infinitely rewatchable. It's like Rapunzel. Everybody knows that story, but I think they really did a good job. Infinitely of rewatchable. True. So if I put it on a loop for you, you'd just sit there and watch it all. I the really day. do believe you could <laughs> because it's it's really lush looking. It is. Um, and it's sweet. In a different way than Frozen is, because it's obviously all, um, forests and jungle, you know, not jungly, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's just a really, everybody knows that story, and they put a twist on it a little bit. Uh-huh. Twist, you see. I don't know if everyone knows the story, but we all have heard of Rapunzel, probably. Yeah. I don't know the actual story. I don't think I've ever heard the original story. And my second one is Wreck-It Ralph, directed by... Um, the, this guy and for obvious reasons yeah Wreck-It Ralph is I think fantastic if if there were Disney were doing sequels I'd like to see another Wreck-It Ralph because the problem I had with it was the Candyland part or whatever yeah called. they kind of there's a Candyland part it's a racing game in the game it's about video games and they visited that bit a bit too much and there was a bit all those cameos of Sonic and all that, I would like to see more of that. Obviously, they got the rights to do that, and then yeah. they just seemed to me like they squandered it a little bit at the beginning of the movie. Agreed. But the movie is awesome. That part where they're in at the beginning in the world, and then the camera looks in the sky, and it's they're in the video. They're game in the con. video game, and it's the arcade. You can yeah. see into the arcade. It's just I was, you're like, <gasps> yeah, it's amazing. So wreck it, Ralph. So that's uh, my recommendations for this week. So games and Ace Scully stuff. What have I been playing this week? I've been playing more Titanfall. Is that has it been out a couple of weeks now? I would say two yeah. weeks. Yeah, been playing more of it. There was a patch yesterday. I've I've got to have a game today yet. Um, but they did a big <laughs> patch last night where they've there was a few things that were like niggling me, and they apparently on the list they fixed all those things. There's some weird bugs where sometimes when you drop a Titan out of the sky, it gets stuck in a building. And then you can't get it out, and it just stays there. And then when it comes around to... You never get to get another Titan because it's stuck. And it's not doing anything, it's just stuck. Apparently they fixed that. They fixed the thing where you get double XP sometimes if you play a card. There's like these cards that you can play called burn cards. I was playing the double XP cards and getting only getting single XP. I'm wondering why. They said because it was broken. So I wasted a load of cards on... Duh. Nothing, but they fixed that now. But there are some fixes. It's an awesome game. I'm playing it on the PC. I recommend it still to anybody. Um, also play, played a little bit of a new game last night. Suda51's latest game, Killer is Dead. Suda51's that bizarre, weird... I, I'm a fan of his uh, games. Lollipop Chainsaw, Shadows of the Damned. He's made a bunch of games. Killer7. This one's Killer is Dead. It's really bizarre and weird. I don't even know what to think about it it's so weird like is yeah, this dude he's like a killer like a hitman but he's based on James Bond Suda says and he has a a sexy sidekick woman who's really annoying she's like irritating I want to chop her head off all the time but you can't he's, he uses a samurai sword this guy he's like a Japanese James Bond apparently the first mission, like, you're doing, like, a hit on somebody, and then it turns out you're inside Alice in Wonderland. 
and uh, Alice is there, and the room's upside down, and the, it's weird. And then the second mission's like, oh, that was a cool mission. Now the next mission's on the dark side of the moon. So you, you fly up to the moon with no rocket ship, just you, and a helmet. And then you land on the moon, and they say, oh, you see that mansion on the moon? Yeah, the guy's in there. You have to go and get it. And you go in there, and you take that. It's weird. It's really weird. I don't understand what's happening at all. But in Suda 51 style, it's got this style to it. It's kind of like cell shaded. This one's called shadow shaded. So it's like mostly black with dashes of white. So it looks really weird. Like shadows are walking around. Like, like there isn't any proper, like, lightness in the picture. It sounds weird. Like you might not be able to see it proper if your brightness wasn't adjusted. Um, but it's a cool game. You know what? I picked it up. The collector's edition. Just before Christmas. I've not opened it until yesterday. Uh, the collector's edition with like, it came with an art book, a CD soundtrack. CD. Who uses CDs anymore? And the game in like collectible art packaging. And I got it for $4.99 off Amazon. So I imagine the game didn't do very well. But, uh, if you like Lollipop Chainsaw is the nearest it is. If you remember Lollipop Chainsaw, you're like a cheerleader with a chainsaw and you kill stuff. This is literally, it controls exactly the same, but you're this killer with a samurai sword. So it's like, almost like the same game. It's just weird. So that is Killer is Dead. Um, and you can pick it up for next time. It doesn't sound like almost the same game. It's the same mechanically. It plays almost identically to it. It's the same combo system. You buy the upgrades. It just feels like that. It's like he took that and that engine and just completely changed the style of the game though. The actual, how it looks. Um, I've also been playing... Oh, this is a really interesting one, actually. Um, do you remember the game Trials? There was Trials, and then there was Trials Evolution. And it's the game yeah. I really love with the motorcycle, and you just have to get over all the obstacles. Now, there's a new version of it coming out by Ubisoft. It's coming out in April, and it's called Trials Fusion. Now, if you go on Uplay, which is Ubisoft's Steam, if you like, they have, like, a version of their storefront for digital games you play. If you go on there, there's and and you pre-order Trials Fusion. You get to play it now. So it's like an it's like an early beta, but it's it's like it's like twenty-five levels of the game, and I think there's gonna be a hundred levels in the game. So you get the first twenty-five levels. Now it comes out in about a month, but if you pre-order it now, you get to play it right now. And it's a really sizable chunk of the game. I've been playing it this morning. It's like, um, so what they've done is they've took Trials, which I'm a massive fan of. I've, I still play it to this day. And I bought it like two years ago and I play it on Steam all the time. And there's people, because Trials has like a hundred levels and then there's like a user created bit and you can go in there and just download maps that people have made and people make the most amazing things way better than the people who made the game make so it's like an unlimited game if you like it you can just always go in there grab 10 10 new levels and play them now trials fusion they've taken it further it's got like a story this time you're still a motorbike climbing over things but there's like a little bit of a story there's like a proper training area it's really hard like it used to be that's actually the fun of it for me how super hard it is like it's one of those games, you can retry immediately. There's no waiting. Like, if you fail, fall off, you just press B button and you're back on again. 
and you can just try, and it's the kind of game where you can sit there and try one level for like three hours, and when you finally get to the end of it, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, there's that kind of appeal to it. So you have to be kind of masochistic a little bit. <laughs> but um, it's out in April, and it's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, PC, uh, and I, I got the PC version because PC version seems to always be the best for graphics nowadays. So I picked that up. So you can pick that up yourself. It's Trials Fusion. It's on Uplay. Um, and finally, uh, Windows 8.1 has a new update coming very soon. And it's coming in the middle of April. But I've applied it already, and you can do, anybody can do that. If you just search on Google for Windows 8.1 Spring Update, you can find the file and you can load it, because it is finished. It's just uh, not been pushed to Windows Update yet. Um, and there are a bunch of changes, and the biggest change for me is, finally, and I can't believe it took two years for this, they've put the, <laughs> on the start screen, when you bring up the start screen, by pressing your Windows key, now, to turn your computer off or to put it into sleep mode, there was like four steps. You had to highlight this thing and do this thing. and do Now, they've put the power button right there on the screen. So you press the button and a little menu drops down that says just sleep like it used to be. or hibernate. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, just like Windows 7 is. It's like I, I'd actually made my own shortcut to shut my computer down and put it on the start menu myself. Like, How would they justify that? What's the explanation? I don't know, because it was really complicated. And I, I said to you, anybody who doesn't really know computers and buys a laptop with Windows 8 on, how are they going to shut that down? They're just going to be pressing the actual physical hardware button. They're not going to understand how to shut it down properly. I just closed mine. Right, but when it <laughs> comes time to actually restart, how are they going to figure that out? They're just not, because there was... This convoluted hover your mouse in the top right corner. Wait for this. Mu- wait for this menu to slide out. Which? Why would anybody do that? Because it wasn't made. It's made for touch. Touch screens. screens yeah. yeah. Which would have been like swipe, swipe, done. And the other big thing is, finally, I think they're admitting. Oh yeah, people don't. People didn't really want this touch screen thing. So finally, in this update, another big, huge thing is if your computer does not have a touch screen, like at all like a desktop like this. It knows it doesn't have a touch screen and it doesn't boot into that oh. into that other thing. It boots to the desktop. After now, you've worked all that time to get all your little icons just right. Right, true. So you never have to see the um, Windows start screen with the new version because it doesn't show it you unless you press the Windows key. Like before, it used to just boot into that and just sit there looking at you. And a novice might go, so where's my things? I don't get it, you know. I don't even think of it to be a novice. It's just you're, you didn't even like it. You're not a novice. I you you know what I use it for searching, and I use it for I sometimes drop like, uh, you know, programs that I don't use that often, but I do need to use them every so often. I hide them on that screen. I just put a big list of them there, and then I'll pop it open and use them. Really occasionally though, I really don't think it's. I, I bet Why you Windows. Why not just click your start menu? Because there isn't one. Even if you get rid of it, no, there, there's no start menu. Still, this didn't get. They didn't give you a start menu back. The start menu is still this. Right. I'm demonstrating the start menu. <laughs> yeah, which is that big clunky looking. The whole screen. Yeah, it still exists, but at least you don't have to boot into it because every time before you boot your computer, that screen came up. You had to get rid of it and then use your desktop. Now it just goes straight to the desktop. 
Um, and the other thing is, you know, the the full screen apps, which are the most annoying thing ever. Oh my god, yeah. If you're using like a desktop PC, full screen apps don't really make any sense. It would be better if you could window them. They promise that you would be able to window them. You can't. That is not what they've delivered. But what they have delivered is the full screen apps, if you hover at the top now, they have a title bar with like a close and, you know, so you can actually close them. What the thing were before is when you open full screen apps, you never close them. There was, there was a way to close them, but it was complicated. If you're on a tablet, yeah, because right. you could swipe them away. Yep. Right, so... I think they realize not the whole fucking world is swiping shit on tablets. Right, so now there's the normal little <laughs> like, X in the corner. At my job, we're in the process of replacing almost 50,000 PCs, uh, either the machine itself or updating to Windows 7. And I can tell you that of the almost 50,000, the majority of people, either that's their only computer they use, like at all, and they're calling the help desk now for questions, 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 questions. Some of the things, and you've even experienced it today with my sister. And this is very common. And there's nothing wrong with this this understanding of things. You say to her, close the browser. Most people listening might know what that is. Other people will be like my sister and say, I don't know what you mean. And then she comes back with, do you mean exit out? Because there's an X in the corner where I close it. And she doesn't even know that's closing it. That's Xing it out. That's how it is with people and change. And if you revolutionize the way people at a desk who sit on their butt all day in a cubicle. I sit on my butt all day most of the time at my job too, but not in a cubicle, but at lots of computers. If you change something all of a sudden because you think it's cool or you think it's more productive, it doesn't work out that way. They want what they call as the wallpaper. But it's actually the desktop. That's what almost everybody calls it. Well, I'm on my wallpaper. Yeah. Or I'm on my screensaver. Yeah. And um, my little picture is gone. The little picture for that is gone. And you say, well, what do you need to go to? Well, I need to read my mail. Well, do you use Outlook or do you go to Webmail? I don't know. I just click the picture and my and my mail is, my email is there. Okay, is it a little blue E or is it a... So when you take something really drastic, like Windows 8, and shove it in everybody's face, some people are going to respond like, whatever, I'll just adjust to it. Other people are into the tablets and stuff. That's fine. But the majority of people really... And I don't even care if it stays the same for the next hundred years. If it's productive and I can get my job done every day and I'm not spending even... 10% 10% of my time trying to figure out how to use it every day, then that's beneficial. So when I see, when I saw Windows 8, I have Windows 8. I bought it. I've never installed it yet. I really like Windows 8. I like it. It's, um, especially with this update. It's Maybe like- now I might, since I don't have to look at that stupid, but no, I like my start menu a lot. I use it a lot. Well, and actually behind the scenes on Windows 8, it's a lot slicker and faster. And this new version, this 8.1 update, actually makes it so you only need one gigabyte of RAM to run it, which means a lot of un- more underpowered computers can run it. So uh, they must have optimized stuff behind the scenes. If you've got a bunch of RAM, you won't notice any difference. But if you've got an old PC knocking around, it can run, run Windows 8 now. And the final thing, which is really cool, and this didn't exist before and it was weird, is, you know, when you open a program in Windows, it shows up on your taskbar. It opens a taskbar element or whatever you call it. It's yeah, like, I don't know 
Yeah, so you get one for every program running. So you know all the programs that are running because I used to call those tabs, but now with tab browsing, yeah, I don't know what to I think call it. it. I don't know what it is, but, you know, the little taskbar thing. <laughs> so if you had 10 programs running, there'd be 10 little things with the name of what you're running. Now, when you open those full screen apps, they don't apply to the taskbar. Oh. So you, if you had 10 full screen apps running behind the scenes, because they were all it. you didn't know they were open. Now... They apply to the taskbar. So if you've opened the weather one, for instance, you can see. So it. you say that it's like, yeah. well, duh. Yeah, totally. What? The f- were you only thinking that the whole world was about to convert to uh, to phones and tablets because it's not going to happen? True. So that seems like something that should have been in from the beginning, and it should have, and it makes a lot of it because I use the weather app, the full screen weather app, occasionally, and I always forget to close it, and I maybe I've got Netflix, the full screen Netflix, and all those things running. And then you have to, like, hover to the left side of your screen, wait for them all to pop up, and then swipe them away with your mouse. Now, they just sit in your taskbar. See, this is what... I do love my tablet that you gave me, but that is my least favorite thing. Because if I'm watching Netflix, I want to be able to minimize it in the corner and go over and Because if you're talking to me, you know, chatting with you... Why can't I have my Netflix over here in a little box and my chat over here instead of get rid of Netflix, sit on the chat? That's the only thing I find really old-fashioned. It's really backwards to me that on my 10-inch screen that I have, now on a 3-inch screen, I don't know. I mean, a 7-inch screen would be different, but... Yeah, it's almost screen, like Android, and it's not. It's just set up for singular tasks. Yeah, and it doesn't... I don't know who's designing Because I'm that. often watching a YouTube video, and then I see my taskbar at the top, and you'll say something to yep, me from exactly. work. And I'll go, oh, she's speaking to me. I click it, and there's my YouTube gone. Yep, and it's either minimizes, and then it and stops. Paused and paused. Exactly. You know, it's annoying. Like Whereas on Windows, you'd just go, oh, okay, and deal with two things at once, or ten things at once. And I don't care if I am considered old school with my computing, because it's very functional. I'm not doing it to be like... I'm not, I do multitask really well, and I love multitasking. On a tablet, you can't multitask. In my mind... I can't multitask. Boom, I'm watching a video. Dung, I'm looking at my email. Dung, I'm looking at my Facebook. Instead of like on my PC, I might have 10 things open at once and I can see them all. I can have my spreadsheet and my Netflix and my YouTube. And I often do that. Yeah. That's in fact, that's how I work on my computer. I have five things open at once and I'm doing all of those things. So, yeah, it's, so this is Windows 8.1 Spring Update. Everybody will get it over Windows Update at the beginning of April. But if you want it early, just do a Google search, and it's very easy to get it. You forgot to put something on your list. Something we watched this week. Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, so the Dust Till Dawn TV show we mentioned last week, we watched the second episode this week, is actually very good still. Yeah, and not only did we watch the movie, but tell them how good your deal you got. And we watched the movie. Well, we watched the, I, I said to you, we need to watch the movie because mm-hmm. I've not watched it for a long time. So I went to my DVD shelves and I had it on DVD. Pulled the DVD out, we put it in, then realized. Put it in the Blu-ray. Oh, it was. We put it, the DVD in. Right. And then realized, oh, this is one of those non-anamorphic old school DVDs from years and years and years ago that actually looks squashed on a high definition yep. TV. So no matter what you do to it, it's squashed or it's zoomed and it's squashed. Yeah, it just it looks was, shitty. Yeah. So, so I said, Oh, I'm just going to have to buy Dust Till Dawn on Blu-ray. And I said to you, I wonder how much that will cost. And you said, probably $20, right? Because it's a popular movie. Everybody loves it. So I went to um, Amazon and I found I found Dust Till Dawn for $20 on Blu-ray, just the single movie. And then there was this four-pack. It was a Blu-ray four-pack. And it was Dust Till Dawn, 
Dust Till Dawn 2, Dust Till Dawn 3, and the documentary Full Tilt Boogie, which is the documentary about Dust Till Dawn. All on one disc from Echo Bridge Entertainment, actually. And it's a Blu-ray. And um, I don't care about the sequels to Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> I actually don't care. You'll watch them eventually, yeah, Maybe, maybe not. I've watched them before, and I never... It was... Eh, whatever. But this set was... I had some Amazon credit or something. And I, I actually, it checked out and it was free shipping and it was $3.70 or something. <laughs> and we watched it and it looked fantastic. It looked perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a Blu-ray. <laughs> it just looked like a Blu-ray. Um, the movies to me is it, still it awesome. It stands up. It yeah. holds up. I mean, yeah, it's got that kind of wacky element there near the end because you're, he dabbles in like, um, what would you call it? Like outrageous horror. Yeah. Where it's really campy. Like brain dead or uh, dead alive. But you've or... built up the story of this family and of these dudes and it's like serious and it's violent and it's horrible and it's very of the 90s. And then duh, you're like slammed back into like, whoa, crazy dead alive almost kind of Vampire stuff. Vampire flick. Yeah, but it works. And I remember the first time I ever watched it, I was like watching with my friend and we're watching you know, she's dancing, and I was like, oh, great. I mean, he's sitting there, like, trying, you know, because it's a pretty sexy dance that Selma Hayek does. And then the next thing you know, we were both like, what? We had no idea. We both looked at each other like, what the hell? I know. I like that. And I still get that feeling. Like, I know what's going to happen. And yet I was like, that's just awesome. So it's like a schizophrenic film. It starts as one thing and ends up as another. But I like what they did to the TV show is just straight up from the top saying, yeah. no, this is going to be supernatural. You... Not from the very top, just from this episode. Well, from the woman falling in the snakes. True, but you I don't mean, know what that means. No, but it's it's almost like we're not going to pull that thing on you where it's like... Because oh, you already know. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> but now they're filling it in more. And this week actually really filled it in more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, like you said, oh, wow, I didn't think they would go that far so soon. Like I thought we'd have to get to like halfway through the season. But yeah, the, the TV show is great. The movie still holds up. It's really fun. It's a really fun movie. It might be violent and everything, but it it's is. just silly and fun. Um, it seemed really brief, the movie, to it me. It did. Like, it seemed like it went by I mean, really it feels quick. substantial because you think back, like, wow, we've yeah. come a long way. But the end part kind of... When the shit is the fan, yeah. it almost just blows by. Like, I think because it's so much fun. I think you're watching it going, wow, this is like... They don't really make movies like this now. Unless they're, you know... The B-movie type. Yeah. You know? So, that's from Dust or Dawn. Yeah, we watched that. And uh, if you want to pick it up on Amazon, I got some discount on that Blu-ray. But I think the blu ray is $7 with all four movies. So, And I will vouch for it. They look great. We'll vouch talk, for the first one. Yeah, vouch for the first one. The others, I can't vouch for. but And I might never vouch for them because... <laughs> I know Robert Patrick's in the second one and I really like it's him. It's such an interesting universe you could create the whole world of it the mythology of it and then like in the real world now that's what the tv show is doing is exploring it as like a modern thing yeah. happening but i mean it just has the potential and those movies were more like let's cash in like i felt like i think i've seen them i like how the tv show um is a modern version of it like you know yeah like it feels like back. it's today but because it's kind of like Dusty and Mexico and that kind of stuff. It still feels old worldy a bit. We're like, in Mexico yet? No, no, but we're going there. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're on the way. We're in to Texas. El Rey. Texas. 
So, but I mean, it feels that it's got that Western vibe to it, like the, you know. But you get the cell phone stone in there, and so you're like, we're up to date, but it is. It's a very good. It is. Um, I'm so glad that he, it was, you know, he decided to do it. It's a, it's paying off. I don't hear many people talking about it, but you know why? I don't think anybody has that channel. Yeah. So um, that is my stuff for this week. So Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight is going to be what you like to call Larry David pasta. Yep. <laughs> Explain why. <laughs> There's this pasta you buy. I don't know who it is by. It's like a branded pasta. Rana is the last name. Do you... D V N. It's some famous Italian. R A N A is the last name. Is actually the brand name. But, Giovanni Durana. Right. So go and look at that pasta. He has a website. And tell me <laughs> if that guy is not Larry David. Because you looked at the back and you said Larry David pasta. I thought Larry David was sponsoring it or something because he's Italian. I was like, is is this? And like, you even said the little quote on the bag should say it's pretty good. <laughs> In that worst Italian accent ever. Or there should be a little button that you press and has one of those greeting cards thing in it. You press it and you hear him but say... But go and look at that pasta and tell me that's not Larry David in a chef outfit. Rana. R-A-N-A. And it's really good. I told you that when we had it, yeah, it's I just got it at the store. Yeah, I said, when we watch all the cooking shows and people say, oh, the pasta's so delicate. I'm like, you're so full of shit. What do you mean? Like, macaroni's macaroni. In my, in my world, macaroni is what pasta. you call it. You call them spaghetti noodles and macaroni. And that's kind of it. And so when you talk about pasta being delicate and all this stuff, I always think, what are you talking about? I cooked this the other day and I ate one. I was like, oh, I get it. I see the light. Pasta can be delicate. And it's really good. It's three cheeses or something like that. So that's cheese ravioli. Larry David pasta. That with just some ragu on it. And then I think I might cook up some tofu. I don't know. And some salad. And some zucchini. I love just slicing zucchini. Put it in the pan with a little bit of olive oil. And that's it. Like, just let it, like, slice it about a half inch. I think I'll slice it thinner this time, but about a half inch thick. Put it in the pan. Leave it on that one side for, like, 10 to 15 minutes on sort of medium so it gets nice and brown. Then you flip them over, put some nutritional yeast, or if you don't have that, salt and pepper. A little bit of soy sauce if you want. And I mean, literally, just cook that the way it is until it gets nice. It's going to be kind of squishy in the middle. But it tastes, if you like zucchini, it's like the perfect way to cook zucchini, in my opinion. Uh, well, not just in my opinion. It actually is. <laughs> and your advice for this week before we wrap my up? My advice is kind of long, but I've kind of come into this conclusion that there's sort of phases of love. And all kinds of love, really. But I'm talking more about relationship love, you know, to adults in a, in a committed relationship kind of love. That in the beginning, you just blindly love everything. Because you, you block out the stuff that you know is there, but you don't. You just blindly, everything's awesome. The way you talk is awesome. The way you move is awesome. What you do that is, is awesome. That is true about me. In the beginning, it's all true. <laughs> right? Then you get to the middle. However long your relationship is, if you pin to the middle, you're going to find this. That you still love most of the stuff from the beginning. Right? They become a little bit neutral on some things, like, that's not as great as I thought it was, but whatever. Like, you just gotta let it go. Like, you just, like, I'm neutral. Anything that starts creeping up that you were blinding yourself to, unless it's horrible and terrible and violent or something, I'm saying little shit, you know, day-to-day stuff. You gotta just let it go. That's the middle. Then, 
nearing the end or in your in the last phases or kind of when you're completely committed and this is it we're in this forever together you have two versions long-term good love you're going to keep loving the stuff and keep loving the person you're going to kind of learn to embrace the neutral things like laugh at it and the things that you're kind of like oh that could be annoying to me but it's you so that's fine it's cute whatever and then that's it you just get on with it you don't start finding fault but the other kind of long term the bad kind of love is you you've lost the love part like all that little shit that you loved in the beginning it's like now it either annoys you or you don't even see it anymore then the neutral stuff starts sort of elevating to hatred like i i cannot stand the way that you do whatever it is and you, you start you. <laughs> this is my point it doesn't always happen that way but there's got there's two versions and then the differences create a new kind of relationship because now you're just at odds and they may not even know it but you're at odds with them and you're forcing yourself to pretend and lie to yourself and you can't find that first stuff that you loved, you know? Or maybe you didn't really love it, you were just stupid, or they were <laughs> just manipulative or whatever. But I think if you go in with blind love, and then you meet in the middle with a neutral attitude about a lot of things, and you just accept the things that are different and move on, and then in the end, you kind of find those things. Those things almost become charming in a way. Annoying, maybe. But charming. And if anyone wants to know what's annoying for me about you, just email me. See, I'm inviting an email. <laughs> you don't annoy me. Nothing about you is annoying. Oh my god! Did everyone hear that? Because that's a big fat lie. Sickness and in health, you're sick. I'm still dealing with you. Dealing. With <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> you know, anyone who knows me and who doesn't love me. And who does love... My mother loves me more than you or than anyone else no. in the whole world. Yeah, she does. And my Sorry. mother would say, oh, Paul, you're full of shit. Because this girl can be annoying. And there's got to be things you do not like. And if you say that, then you're still in phase I'm one. I'm blinded by... <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you're lying to yourself. But that's not... There's no advice there. It's just an examination of relationships. And that does apply to friendships and work relationships. And even, like, child, parent, or, like, you know, I have children, but I have my nieces and nephews where, you know, little babies, you just love them unconditionally. And then as time goes on, you try really hard to keep loving them unconditionally. And yet who they are becomes a thing. And you have to deal with the stuff you love, the stuff you don't love and the stuff you don't want to love and it all it all just seems to break down that way so if you're in a bad love love thing and everything's hate and you're finding fault constantly then maybe you should make a change uh, clearly you're not in that phase because you think i'm perfect <laughs> which is awesome um it is not true but i'm not gonna argue with you on that so let me remind you about our websites aschoolie.com twitter.com you can catch us on twitter facebook you can't catch Sid Talks cold from this podcast, so <laughs> keep listening. And on my site, I am putting some of my gardening things lately. So if you're into growing things, that's where I've been putting my pictures and updates on my seedlings in the dining room. And now they're going to be going to the deck soon. So if you're interested in that at all, 
And um, you can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, RSS feed, just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, or catch it on stitcher.com, we are on there. I like how stitcher.com emails me every Monday and tells me that my podcast has been published. Because I have an auto-publish thing on my website, but they say, hey, we've received your we've received your podcast and here's the link to it. So that's a pretty cool feature, because sometimes it reminds me, oh... Yeah, it did publish. You know, like it auto-published. Sometimes I might not realise. Don't other things let you know? No, my website doesn't. I have to go and check, make sure it's there. But it, if anybody's listening and the... It, it auto-publishes at midnight on Sunday evening, so you can always get it. And if you're clever, if you're really clever... Not really. And you really want to listen to it early, if you know where the last one was... And you just change the number at the end to the to the new episode. You can get it from Saturday night, actually. If you're well, very midnight clever. of Saturday Sunday is Saturday night. Really? No, I mean you can get it from nine p.m. on a Saturday evening because that's when it goes up on the server. It just doesn't publish until the night. Approximately. Don't make any promises. You can't keep it. But if you're clever, you could probably find it a day early. Clever. I don't know if that applies. It's not really clever. Except not a count. It's just type. know how to look where you are always. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. Email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk because she's got a cold. And finally, stay classy. Oh, I don't have one for this week. Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I have you, no idea are. Who you are. What you are? Well, she's a private eye. We know this. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone's going to do it for you.